Hello and welcome to all the listeners of the Offstump podcast. Dinesh Dhawan here, welcoming for a new episode on this podcast as we bring in a look into the tournament that has definitely been the catalyst behind this T20 fever that we have been doing over the last month and a half. And certainly, it was a tournament that will be remembered for quite some time, and certainly a tournament that uh, had a deserving winner at the end of the day is what we can say, and that is the SA20. And yes, there is uh, been the tournament that I that we started back in January 10th. I remember doing the first episode of the T20 Fever on the day of that tournament, and certainly we expected uh, the tournament to be going on well, and it went on well as well. And with the way the teams participated out there, the teams uh, went through the tournament, especially the likes of uh, MI Cape Town, because. They start of the tournament on a high, and they just lost their way out there in the tournament during the middle phase, and completely uh, derailing themselves and finishing at the bottom of the points table. No one expected that after the way they started off the tournament in the first two three games. And as far as the likes of Pretoria Capital, they were always coming up short in the early stages of the tournament, and it just continued in such fashion throughout the course of the ten games that they played. and certainly they were able to make the same impact that they did in the previous edition and unfortunately they were they and mi kept on with the two teams missing out in the playoffs in this edition but we saw a good comeback from someone like a joburg super kings because they were the worst amongst the lot when it comes to the beginning stages of the tournament and they were completely outplayed in the first five games i still remember at the end of the fifth game the joburg super kings just had one win under their belt and after that they tried to come back strong they made sure to get those uh, wins that were required and that last match against the durban super giants they where they had to chase 204 they managed to do that players stepped up experienced heads like fab duplessis louis deploy stepped up and they definitely made sure that the victory came in that crucial game and sealed the spot into the playoffs and we know the super kings franchise has that history whenever they come into the playoffs it is going to be a different team altogether and they completely outplayed the pal royals in that uh, eliminator game and pal royals also even though they were at the number 3 position in the points table at the end of the league stage the first half of the tournament is where they dominated they won the first 5 of the 6 games that they played and then they lost the last 4 games that they uh, that they had Uh, in the business end of the tournament, and when you are coming into the playoff scenario with with four losses behind your belt, certainly your team performance is not at its peak, and certainly your chances of qualification uh, to the next stages also it becomes very very tough as what we can say, and that pretty much happened out there. Joburg completely outplayed the Pal Royals in that eliminator match. and joburg was able to go to the second qualifier there they played the durban super giants and the durban super giants were outstanding there in the second qualifier they rectified the mistakes that they did in the uh, in the qualifier one and they had a good performance out there completely outplaying the joburg super kings scoring a big total on the board and managing to defend it pretty convincingly is what resulted in them getting the final spot for the first time in the tournament history because last year they didn't make it into the playoffs this time they made it into the playoffs convincingly because they ended up being placed at the second position but throughout the tournament for the nine matches they were at the top of the table they were just the best team in the lot is what we can say in the tournament and they were performing in every single uh, 
every single way possible because in the bowling side they got the likes they had consistent replacements out there navin hulak had a handful of games richard leeson had a handful of games reese topley had a handful of games noor ahmed came in performed his best and went away in the two three games that he played nicholas puran was available in the early stages that's all they had their own shortcomings amongst their overseas players but the way they managed that was really commendable and keshav maharaj not just his bowling but the captaincy also was on point and certainly that helped the team uh, completely dominate in the league, uh, league stage and the batting also the way if we see the batting lineup of the durban super giants they performed extremely well out there in the in the league stages because matt britski quinton decock were good at the top of the order they had uh, stable heads and experienced names in the form of uh, wayne mulder and john john smuts in the middle order nicholas purin was helpful in the handful of games that he played marcus stonis also stepped up really well when he was brought in as a replacement for nicholas purin in the second half of the tournament and henrich glassen was in a different league of his own during the tournament becoming the second highest run scorer at the end of the tournament certainly tells you how valuable richard uh, henrich glassen is for a team and certainly uh, these collective performances is what led durban super giants to be in the top two position throughout the tournament and they definitely deserve to be winners but at the end of the day in the final when everything matters where all the historic um, records doesn't come into play how much consistent you are in the tournament that doesn't come into play that day who is the one stepping up that team wins and certainly sunrise eastern cape having the experience of playing the final and winning the final in the previous edition helped them this time as well and they completely uh, outplayed the durban super giants in the finals they outplayed them in the first qualifier they outplayed them here in the finals as well and it was just a terrific uh, performance from them also they didn't have a good start in the tournament i still remember the sunrise eastern cape being the defending champions their first game was washed out and after that in the next three games they managed to just win one so they were one after four games almost at the halfway mark they had just one win under their belt but the way the second half went on for them they won all the last four games that they played in a row and they had a good amount of uh, of uh, victories that victories were also a good margin is what i meant to say and certainly it helped them get that qualification pretty convincingly and they ended up at the top of the table in the final and on the last day of the league stage i remember and they that helped them really really well because they outplayed the durban super giants in the first qualifier and they sent them to go and play the second qualifier in johannesburg and it was just a tremendous uh, bowling display from them because i have always called sunrise eastern cape as a team uh, sunrise is franchise in general it doesn't matter it is the ipl or it is the sa20 they are a largely bowling focused team if you see their team their bowling will be really really well uh, developed out there it's a dense bowling attack in the ipl as well they have the likes of bhuvneshwar kumar uh, they have uh, natrajan in their side washington sundar they have the likes of pat cummins in this edition they have uh, they have signed in players like uh, vaindu hasaranga in this edition so certainly the bowling attack is an attack that will always step up and perform for the sunrisers franchise irrespective of which year you take in the sa20 or in the ipl and in the sa20 specifically if we see 
it was a set of players that did extremely well for them in the, uh, with the ball out there because Daniel Warren from Australia, not much of a big profile under his name, a handful of international experience, but he was just really, really good with the ball. Took around 16 wickets with the ball, one of the highest wicket takers in the tournament. With his right arm medium pace itself, he managed to bring the difference out there and certainly made an impact in this uh, tournament. Marco Janssen, he's been just in his uh, purple patch is what I can say, both with the ball and and with the bat. And certainly that, once again, uh, impacting in the Sunrisers Eastern Cape uh, performance, the highest wicket taker at the end of the tournament, Marco Janssen. He took a brilliant fifer in that final out there against the Durban Super Giants. And I still remember first edition, he was the one who played that inside-out shot and won the match in the final for the team, Sunrisers Eastern Cape. And this time, he was the one who took the final wicket, uh, completed his fifer, and also uh, won the championship for the second time in a row for the Sunrisers Eastern Cape out there. A leader of the bowling attack here for the Sunrisers team. And certainly, he would be hoping to kind of replicate a similar kind of performance when he turns up for the Sunrisers Hyderabad franchise in the uh, in the IPL in just a couple of months' uh, time. And the other bowlers that really stepped up and did well for them were the likes of Simon Harmer, uh, Liam Dawson, and even Aidan Markham came in uh, with his uh, off-spin as, as well. So certainly the spinners did their had their limited opportunities and did really, really good in the limited opportunities. They didn't have role of Andamova, who was the highest wicket taker in the previous edition. But still, they managed to make some impactful performances here with the likes of Liam Dawson in their uh, side. And the two players that certainly made a difference uh, and came in as an unknown commodity were Oatneil Bartman and Patrick Kruger, two players who were who didn't play the play the tournament completely. They were uh, only selected in the later half of the tournament when the Sunrise system kept were getting the victories in regular intervals, and certainly they made the difference out there. What a performance from Oatneil Bartman in that first qualifier, four for ten. With the ball, he took two four-wicket hauls in this tournament and both of them were match-winning spells out there from his side. And certainly, that helped the Sunrise Eastern Cape team perform really, really well throughout the tournament. When your bowling attack is consistent and he's able to take up wickets, he's able to bowl out your uh, their positions regularly, then certainly your team will end up uh, in a very, very good scenario. And certainly, that is what has happened. For the Sunrise Eastern Cape team is what uh, we can say in this uh, tournament because they were just spectacular with the bowling effort they had. They held their nerves in crucial games against MI Cape Town where they won the match by just four runs. And they ma- and a couple of times, both the times they played MI Cape Town, they, ma- they managed to win the game by four runs out there. They managed to defend totals out there and that is a really, really quality factor. And certainly, if I see the performance of theirs in this tournament, it was just uh, terrific from the word go. And certainly, uh, the way they, the players themselves uh, performed that showcases that uh, this team had the ability once again to win the championship. And certainly, they managed to do so. And congratulations for them because this is the first time we have seen in any tournament where the first two editions have been won by the uh, same team out there. Because if I remember the IPL, Rajasthan Royals, they were the inaugural champions. But after that, it's been 17 years. Still, they haven't won a title yet. 
they are the first the first ever champions they have been called as the inaugural champions and that is the only thing that they have under the name as when it comes to winning championships if we go to the kfc big bash league sydney sixers won the title in the first edition but they couldn't do the same in the second edition it was brisbane heat who won uh, the title in the second edition of the big bash league if we see the likes of uh, other tournaments also it hasn't been like uh, it hasn't been where a scenario where our teams have won it in back to back scenarios so certainly sunrise eastern kept doing uh, doing that kind of puts the emphasis that they are a very very strong team and a team that has definitely the capacity to do big uh, in the years to come by and once again in the bowling attack as i said marco jansen 20 wickets in the tournament the highest wicket taker otnil batman 18 wickets daniel warrell 17 wickets your top 3 wicket takers of the tournament come from the same team of the sunrise eastern cape so that tells you how good the bowling attack was in this uh, tournament from their side and it was just a great showcase of quality bowling and that pretty much uh, sealed the deal for the sunrise eastern cape in this edition and in the batting front also it was not like it was just the bowlers who did the job it is always the same the bowlers win championships the batsmen's job is to win matches and the batsmen also done have done a good job out there because in the likes of Tristan Stubbs who scored 301 runs in the tournament Jordan Herman uh, scored a brilliant century in the earlier stages of the tournament he also scored 295 runs like uh, captain Aidan Markram also had a good addition 261 runs from the bat but the but the player that i was really really impressed when it comes to the sunrise eastern cape team was none other than tom abel 29 year old english batter comes to this tournament first time he's playing in the sa20 and just plays some really really good strokes out there he has a very very good uh, skill set is what i can say because he largely focuses on hitting it down the ground making sure that the aerial shots are as less as possible even if, even if he goes for the inside out shot or for any lofted shots out there he is very much controlled on those uh, shot makings and certainly he had a terrific tournament 286 runs from the bat three half centuries in that and certainly in the finals also that half centuries what pretty much helped the team uh, to push towards a very very good score and certainly in the later stages when aiden markram came in he just uh, swung hard out there he never he didn't had he didn't have a half century in the score tournament but in the final aiden markram got that half century and certainly that uh, helped the team post that big total on the board and it was uh, just enough at the end of the day for the fast bowlers out there to come out and defend pretty convincingly going forward and seeing at the larger perspective beyond the team performances that we looked out uh, for the last 10 minutes or so if we look into the performances of individuals that have been outstanding tom abel one player that i'll say was a very very uh, good player who made a name for himself another player that uh, did a good job out there was ryan rickleton mumbai indians had a uh, mi captain uh, to be precise had a very very uh, ordinary season out there last year also similar scenario this year also same scenario 10 matches 3 matches 17 matches lost and this season also same, uh, same result finishing up at the bottom of the table just not clicking out there for them with that all star squad that they have out there with the likes of Kyron Pollard Liam Livingston Sam Curran Kagiso Rabada in your team still uh, Rasim Andrewson also included 
uh, that that should have been an all star squad who should have played so well in the tournament but unfortunate that uh, the likes of rabada and sam karan didn't have a very good season out there they hardly took any wickets in this tournament and were just uh, very very out of shape out of form they they had to depend on the spinners and thomas kabel and george linde who were hot and cold they, if they performed they performed really really well if they did not turn up they would get smashed left right and center so if you if your dependency are on those kind of bowlers the certainty it is going to impact you very very badly because i still remember that game against the chennai the the jsk the jobak super kings where they had to defend 98 runs in 8 overs and that is pretty uh, pretty much possible eight overs you have 98 runs to defend but the bowling attack just uh, had no clue what the jobak super kings were doing and they just gave away that 98 runs in just five and a half overs and that basically uh, tells us that how in how up and down this bowling performance was from their side and certainly the bowling attack is what completely uh, ruined the thing ruined the season for the mi cape town team is what we can say but on the batting front rand rickerton ended up as the highest run scorer of the tournament 530 runs under his name the five half centuries of which he scored four in the first four games itself he also had a dip in that middle stage of the tournament when the mumbai when the mi cape town uh, fell off the grave but still the way he was able to play in those earlier stages of the tournament and he kept going whenever the opportunity came in certainly showcased a very very talented player certainly the breakout star of this tournament has to be given to ryan rickerton because this performance from him will certainly give him some opportunities from uh, for the south african team in the international circuit because the t20 world cup is turning up in a few months who knows we have seen big players turn up uh, and debut in a world cup game itself uh, we have seen the likes of fab duplessis himself who, who debuted for the south african team in the 2011 world cup we have seen imran tahir who debuted for the south african team in the same world cup in 2011 so it, it won't be a surprise if we see someone like uh someone like grand rickerton debuting uh, in a uh, in a world cup game but he has played a few games for the south african odi team but in a t20 format is something that i'm expecting expecting him to make a lot of noise and certainly let us see what uh, what holds in the future for ryan rickerton out there because he was one of the best players in this tournament according to me ryan rickerton tom abel and mitchell van buren from the pal royals these were the three players that i was really really impressed from their performance in this uh, tournament because mitchell van buren on the other side he was someone that had a quality uh, batting ability he had the similar stroke play of someone like an abid videos and certainly he uh, stepped up and did well in the earlier stages of the tournament but when the team performances go down individual performance also doesn't have much of an impact and that is what happened uh, in his case also because in the latest stages of the tournament he didn't have much of an impact from his uh, bat out there and pal royals in, in general you know it, they were they were they were good in the first six games but after that they just uh, fell off the hook and were just terrible in the last four games and and the eliminator game where they weren't able to turn up and perform uh, for for themselves and for the team as a whole but looking into the performance of mitchell van buren with the with the ability that he showcased out there 25 years old ability of playing all types of strokes out there and has the 
uh, ability to rotate the strikes really well, a good running between the wickets also was showcased by him. So certainly a player that uh, I was really happy with, with the way he played the game and showcased uh, his performance. And let us see whether uh, these good performances really yield them for a good uh, good opportunity in the international circuit for their team. Batting-wise, these were the three names that definitely got caught my eye. But as far as the bowling is concerned, Oatmeal Bartman. Yeah, he is built like a, a muscular dude out there I st- who is extremely talented. Six foot four, six foot five height. The good amount of uh, pace under his uh, wing. And he comes in built like Andre Russell and bowls really, really well. He has good amount of pace under his uh, wing. And, and that pretty much showcased why he was uh, so good in this uh, tournament. Playing just nine games and still managing to take 18 wickets, becoming the second highest wicket taker in the tournament, just tells you that he has some big talent under his wing. And as far as Daniel Worrell is concerned, another player who has been in the T20 formats of franchise cricket circuit over the last few years, but this SA20 is where he made a name for himself. 17 wickets was really good out there. Lizard Williams, one of the Small positives for the Joburg Super Kings in a way, in a in a possibly um, horrible season in a way we have to say because they came into the playoffs just by luck. That final match performance where Fab Duplessis, Louis Duplois stepped up and batted, that is where they managed to come in and seal their spot. But apart from that, throughout the tournament they were very very inconsistent. But Lizard Williams was someone who was on the other side. He was very consistent consistent with his bowling. Took 15 wickets with the ball. And was one of the positives for the team. Wayne Parnell was the positive for the for the Pretoria Capital. Another team, they had the likes of Phil Salt, Will Jacks in their team. Colin Ingram, Riley Russo, well-experienced players in T20 format, but just not able to turn up and perform for the team when it was required the most. Ethan Bosch, Corbin Bosch, the Bosch, uh, the Bosch brothers weren't able to perform as well. Wayne Parnell. Took 14 wickets in the tournament, but he was the only thing that was a bit, that was positive for the Pretoria Capital team uh, in general. There was there wasn't a standout performer for their team last year. It was Will Jacks who who scored really really well. He had a 201 strike rate last edition, and that pretty much helped the team to maintain a similar tempo throughout the tournament. They they came into the finals in the previous edition, but this time they even failed to make it into the top four. Uh, also, so certainly it wasn't the tournament that uh, Pretoria Capital would be happy about. But that's the thing. If we look into the uh, teams out there, it is individual performances and team performances combined is what uh, resulted in the team to perform so well in the tournament. And definitely, it was a tournament that um, that was outstanding from the start till the end. 31 days, 34 games. And it was a quality tournament at the end of the 34th game with the, with Sunrise Eastern Cape once again winning the championship. Let us see whether the Sunrise team can do a similar job in the IPL because last year also there were similar expectations and it was completely tarnished out there when the Sunrise Hyderabad turned up for the IPL. Uh, but this this is a completely different. The two teams are completely different out there is what we can say. The Sunrise Eastern Cape is more of the Aiden Markrams, the more of the likes of Marco Janssen, the South African players who were really good at their uh, job. But 
expecting them to come and perform in the Indian conditions, it is not that easy. So it is it, it needs to be the likes of Abhishek Sharma, Washington Sundar, Rahul Tripathi, who are Indian players, Mayank Agarwal in the team. They need to come up, step up and do well. And that is what uh, will result in Sunrise Hyderabad doing well in the IPL. That conversation is for the IPL that is starting up in almost 45-50 days' time. But talking about this tournament, it was just a terrific one at the end of the day. And certainly a tournament that lived up uh, to a lot of people's expectations. And was a tournament that was really a good way to start off the franchise league fever in 2024. Because in the beginning of the year, we saw the Big Bash League out there, which also turned up really, really well. Brisbane Heat lifted the trophy there for the second time. And here also, the, for the second time, Sunrise Eastern Cape uh, have lifted their championship. And that's going to be uh, really, really nice, is what we can say. But shifting our focus towards the International T20 League, the ILT20, which is almost simultaneously happening with the SA20, like a counterpart for the SA20. We have almost reached that uh, playoff stage there as well. The next, uh, the coming week is where we'll be seeing the playoffs happening in this uh, tournament. The top four teams are almost pretty much set when it comes to qualification out there. MI Cape Town didn't have a good season there, but the MI Emirates, the sister franchise of that team here in the ILT20, had a terrific one because because Nicholas Puran led the team from the front. Mohamed Wasim was outstanding. The uh, the the UAE batter out there, who has who has been really really good. He is he was once a part of the top ten players in the ICC batting rankings. So the local players who who don't get much opportunity, even though it is played in their home turf itself, the IRT Twenty gives nine overseas player options and only two uh, UAE playing uh, players in the playing eleven. So certainly it is not that much opportunities for the local UAE players, but certainly. Uh, Mohamed Wasim has been that one player who has uh, really, really took the opportunity and has swung hard with it. And and the team in general has uh, done extremely well throughout the tournament. And that is the reason why they were at the top of the table. Just like Durban Super Giants, they were really consistent throughout the tournament. Won six of the ten games. Lost the last two games out there. Uh, but we can say that uh, whenever MI manages to get that qualification early on, the last few games that they play, they end up playing their second tire side where they completely rest out their main players. So certainly you don't uh, expect the last two matches result to impact much when it comes to the uh, playoffs scenario that will be starting from Tuesday onwards because it will be MI Emirates taking on the Gulf Giants, the defending champions. And certainly it is going to be nice to see how Gulf Giants do because throughout the tournament, they were a bit quiet. They were not uh, that consistent like last edition. Last first edition was really, really good for them. They really uh, performed extremely well. They were consistent throughout the tournament. The main players stepped up, like James wins, like uh, Chris Lynn did well for them and ended up winning the championship in 2023. This time, they have managed to come back strong. After the, after the early losses that they got, they have uh, done really, really good. In the second half of the tournament, James wins doing well. Jordan Cox uh, doing well. Shembron Hetmeyer doing his job in the middle order. Jamie Overton, someone who did a re- terrific job with Adelaide Strikers and the Big Bash League, pretty much uh, doing a similar job here for the Gulf Giants. Having the likes of uh, 
Chris Jordan in your team adds more value for your playing 11 is what uh, we can say and certainly that has impacted their performance in the later stages of the tournament and certainly they have come back strong after the setbacks in the beginning stages of the tournament is what we can say and at number three position i'm happy to see how uh, the team, team like abu dhabi night riders are finding themselves there because last year it was a very terrible season for them because they lost nine games of the 10 matches and they managed to win just one single game and that was their last league game in the tournament or something so that was a very very horrible first edition for the abu dhabi night riders but this time they have done really really well because they started off on a, on a negative note for sure but the way they recovered out there uh, is was really really good they, they had up and down season is what i can say they won the they won two of the first three games and they lost a couple then they got a good run in the second half of the tournament winning three of the five games last five games out there they are heading into the playoffs with back-to-back defeats against Gulf Giants and Sharjah Warriors. But in the but in the next stage, they will be playing Dubai Capitals in the Eliminator. So it is going to be important on how they are going to perform there, how they are going to step up and uh, and represent the team because this team has the legs of Sunil Narayan, has the legs of uh, uh, legs of Andre Russell in their team. But it is more than it is more than them. It is uh, the others who have uh, done a really good job because their opener, Andreas Gus, had a really good season with the bat. Earlier on, he he played a couple of good knocks for the team. Then went, uh, saw a dip in his batting performance, but he's definitely a player that um, that, I, that I was really impressed by. Uh, comes from USA as a South African in general. Moved to USA now, being eligible to play for the USA team in the T20 World Cup. So certainly he had a good tournament. So far for the uh, Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, and they they have certainly managed to make sure that uh, someone like Laurie Evans, who came in late, still uh, has done a good job out there. 166 runs from his bat. Sam Heen has had a good season here, surprisingly, because in the Big Bash League he was just out of touch for the Hobart Hurricanes team. Andre Russell uh, turned up well in the second in the later stages of the tournament. Overall, this uh, this team has managed to find its players as the tournament has progressed, and they have definitely found a place for themselves in the playoffs. Is what we can say. Dubai Capitals at number four position. Sharjah Warriors once again. Last year also they missed out in the playoffs. This time also they are on the verge of missing out. They are playing the Desert Vipers, but the negative net run rate that the Sharjah Warriors have definitely will be a big factor. They have to win in huge margin in order to even have that slim chance of qualification of uh, uh, of of pushing down Dubai Capitals and taking out the fourth position. But they will try their best in that final game that they will be playing against uh, Sharjah, against Desert Vipers tonight. And Desert Vipers, last year they had a terrific run, ended up as the runner-ups of the tournament. This time, they haven't been able to do that much uh, impact out there because if I see in the top 10 batting uh, run scorers of the tournament, just Alex Hales is the only one whom I see. And after that, Colin Munro, Azam Khan, they come in, but they haven't played majority of the tournament also. They haven't played all the games in this tournament and they have just 150 odd runs under their belt. And when your batters have scored in that rate, 
certainly it is not going to impact that much uh, in your team performance overall is what we can say and that pretty much is the reason why they haven't been able to uh, play that consist uh, consistently and that well like the previous edition similar to how Pretoria Capital played in the SA20 a similar performance has happened here from the desert wipers is what uh, we can say so heading into the playoffs here also it looks like MI Emirates will be hoping to do really really well because uh, they have been the best team in the tournament they have had their players come out and perform so they'll be with with Kyron Ponard coming back and taking back the captaincy it is going to be fun to see how they are going to be performing in the uh, playoff scenario because he has led the team in the playoff scenarios for the Mumbai Indians team in the IPL back in 2020 so certainly he has an idea of how to lead this team and it is going to be fun to see how how Mumbai Indians Emirates are going to perform here in this uh, tournament in the playoff scenario. Can they can they do a similar job like the Sunrise Eastern Cape? Be the dominant team throughout the tournament and finish up winning the championship because last year they missed out. This time they wouldn't want to, is what uh, I can say. And by saying that, let us see who are who who is the who are the ones going to be making it into the uh, into the finals. And on 17th of February, we'll be getting the winner of this edition of the ILT 2024. And on 17th February itself, the PSL is going to start Pakistan Super League, another tournament, another new franchise league turning up. So it is going to be franchise leagues all together in the next uh, couple of weeks. It is Pakistan Super League uh, in the coming week. Next weekend, we'll be seeing the likes of uh, Women's Premier League starting up WPL. Uh, that tournament that has been a, a revelation for women's cricket in general, you know, helping the women's cricket grow financially. And also, this time with the WPL coming out of Mumbai and being played in Bengaluru and Delhi, a huge ex expectation is there for that uh, tournament as well. So, certainly, the franchise fever is growing as the months are going by. And that doesn't mean that uh, it's all white ball cricket that is making noise. Even the white jersey cricket is making noise. That is the uh, test match cricket because the first two test matches of India versus uh, England have gone well. The first test won by England, the second test won by India. Two really good test matches happening. Even Australia West Indies series went on really, really well out there. Um, the, the remaining three test matches of India England is what the focus will be on because Team India playing without Virat Kohli how they are going to cope up, Shreya Sayer also missing out. So certainly how they are going to perform in the in the, the remaining three test matches. Will KL Rahul and Ravindra Jadeja be as fit as they, they were before? So all these factors are going to be crucial coming into the uh, third test match that will be starting on 15th of February at Rajkot. And the last two test matches, uh, also the, the, those two at Ranchi and Dharamshara will be interesting uh, as well as what uh, we can say. And likewise, cricket will be um, making a lot of noise in the, in, in the coming weeks. And here on the uh, Offstep podcast, I'll be bringing as much as information, as much as reports, as much as statistics and analysis as possible. And Tuesday, I'll be turning up with the next episode of the Offstep podcast, where we'll be going through the sixth round of Ranji Trophy, how it is, uh, how it turned up, because some big games are currently going on in the sixth round when it comes to the Ranji Trophy. So, we'll, we'll put an eye into that as well and see how 
that tournament is turning up as well uh, here in India. So that is it for today's episode. This is Dhanush Ramanya signing off and I'll see you in the next one.